Thank you for reading God's Word. Buenos días con todos. ¿Cómo están en esta mañana? Bien, algunos. Yeah, okay. Well, it's great to be here with you. Uh, we sure do love you guys. Thank you for, for being our church and for praying for us. Uh, you'll see over here on the side a table that Joseph has set up with a few soccer balls there. There's a few goodies. Uh, if you want, uh, help yourself. And uh, we have some prayer cards there. We ask that you would please take one, pray for us. Uh, we definitely need your prayers. And uh, what, a, what a privilege this morning to be able to open God's Word and look at Psalm 51. Well, it was, uh, it was sometime last year that uh, Kelly was up here in the States Uh, and uh, Janessa Jordan and myself were, were in Peru. It was a Saturday afternoon, and uh, the, the girls were in music practice at the school that our church meets in, and uh, I was sitting outside, I had my iPad out, and I was, I was, I was writing my message for Sunday. And uh, all of a sudden, my iPad dies, the battery died, and, and I'm thinking, well, I still have you know, another hour of, of time as... Janessa and Jordan are preparing, are, are practicing music. What am I going to do? So I pull out my phone, and I get to my emails, and uh, I, I start deleting old emails. I start responding to emails. I'm catching up, and all of a sudden, I see an email from ABWE, our mission board. Every now and then, our mission board sends emails out, and uh, you know you have to fill out information. You have to respond. Sometimes they have dates that you have to send them in by. And, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm normally the guy that waits until the very last day, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh man, I got to do that. So I pull it out and you know, I'm filling it out. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to do this now. I'm going to be like one of the first people to fill out this email. And so, uh, so I open it up and it says, hey, uh, click here and it's going to send a code to your, to your email. So I did that. I got the code, went back to the site, put the code in, opened up, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm figuring this out. And, uh, and so I'm filling in my personal information. And about three-fourths of the way through, I'm thinking, whoa, this is some pretty personal information. What's going on here? So, so I, write, I write one of my buddies that's uh, one of the missionaries that works with us, and I'm like, did you get an email from ABWE about this? He's like, uh, no, no, I don't think so. Oh, no. So I write my boss. Hey, Steve, did, did you get an email from, you know, did, did ABWE send out an email for us to be filling out? He's like, no, I don't think so. And all of a sudden I think, oh, no. What have I done? I've fallen for a scam. What in the world have I done? How could I have been so foolish? Psalm 51 is that oh no moment for David. David is thinking, what in the world have I done? I have committed adultery. I have committed murder against God. And Psalm 51 is David's prayer of confession, of repentance to God. And it's so awesome to see this prayer that David immediately takes to God. And as we look at David's prayer, allow God to examine each one of our lives 
and see how we measure up to David in those oh-no moments in our lives. Let's pray. God in heaven, we have, we have enjoyed singing praises to your name. Lord, you are so merciful to us. You, uh, Jesus has risen. One day we will be raised to, to be like you. And uh, God, we are so humbled at your amazing grace in our lives. Father, we pray now that you would take Psalm 51 and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to uh, open your Bibles to Psalm 51 whether it's a cell phone or or, or a Bible. David knew God's word. David loved God deeply. But for almost one year, David had been burying this sin deep in his soul. He had been lying to himself. He'd been lying to everybody around him. He had been trying to lie to God about this sin in his life. He was trying to cover up this sin. He was trying to ignore it. He was trying to not deal with it. And now God, because God loves his children, God intervenes in his life. And how did, how did God help David deal with his sin? Yeah, that's a question you can feel free to answer. How did God deal with David's sin? What, what, did, what did God do? What did, what did God do special in this situation? What? Yeah, yeah. How, how, did, how did God intervene? He brought another man into his life. How do you like that, right? Isn't that awesome that God intervened through the prophet into his life? God, David knew what he had done was wrong, but God sends a prophet to speak truth into his life, and it's a different angle. And God speaks to him through a different angle. And through that angle that we heard from Scripture, David says, Oh no, God, what have I done? And in this prayer of confession, we see three things. David is praying for cleansing. He's praying for, to be restored. And he's praying to be used by God. Those are our three key words this morning. Clean, clean me, restore me, and use me. When we have sinned, I don't know about you, but I sin. When we have sinned and we pray to God, what do our prayers look like? Number one, cleanse me. David prays, cleanse me, O God. If you like to mark up your Bibles, it's verses 1 through 7. Verse 1 starts out, and David says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Why does David start out by saying, have mercy on me? Anybody have an idea? I have a chocolate from Peru. This is one of my favorite. Anybody like chocolate? Okay, a few of you. If you can, if you can, correct, if you can answer this correctly, this is yours, okay? Why does David start out by saying, Mark already stood up. I think he's confident. He's, oh, no, okay, all right. I thought he was walking up for the chocolate. Okay. Have mercy on me. Why does David start out by saying, have mercy on me? He wanted to repent. Yes. In Jewish culture, I don't know if there are any Jews here, but in Jewish culture, the sin of adultery and murder. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, trying, I'm searching for the word in English. 
Um, the sin of murder and adultery um, obligaba, required, required the death penalty. Can you imagine in today's culture, the sin of adultery and murder required death? And David knows that. David is made aware of that. Oh no, God, I have committed adultery and murder. I have sinned against you. I deserve the death penalty, and I don't want to die. That's why he says, blot out my sin. When he says, blot out my sin, the idea there is this sin requires, it must be paid for. This sin has to be paid for. And David is recognizing his reality before God. And he's saying, I blew it. I have sinned. This is what I deserve, but I don't want this in my life. God, have mercy on me. Please don't give me the punishment that I really deserve. Do something else. Intervene in my life. Wash me, verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Where it says wash me, the idea is cleansing dirty clothes. Interestingly enough, in the Jewish culture, in the Bible, when you read and they talk about washing their clothes and changing their clothes, it really portrays the idea of a new beginning. I don't know how often they did wash their clothes, but that's the idea. And David, with the Jewish mindset, is he saying, God, I need, I, I want a new beginning. All of a sudden, I've, made, I've been really made aware of this sin that I was suppressing in my life. I was burying it. I was hiding it. I was ignoring it. You, you brought someone in my life that exposed it to me. I hate it. I can't believe I, I did this. I deserve to die. God, I don't want to die. I want to move forward for you. Please, oh God, intervene in my life with your mercy and give me a new beginning. And I wonder how many of us this morning are here sitting and maybe we have been suppressing sin in our hearts. Maybe husbands towards your wives, wives towards your husbands at home, at work, whatever it could be. Have you, have you allowed your heart to get hardened over the years that you have been suppressing a sin that you have had in your lives for years and you don't want to deal with? Maybe, maybe you struggle with an addiction and that addiction controls you and you just can't seem to, you hate it, but it's there and you can't seem to, to get over it. Maybe, maybe you have a very critical spirit. You love people, you love God, but you just seem to always be criticizing your husband, your wife, your kids, people around you. Do you have a, a critical spirit that just controls you? And you're like, oh, why, is it, why am I this way? Maybe you're very judgmental towards others. Kind of interesting, who knew that there could be a reality of being judgmental whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, right? But people today are judgmental. Why are they wearing masks? Why aren't they wearing masks? But how often, even, even in the church, why are we singing that? Why are we doing it this way? And people can so easily be judgmental. I'm sure in our church here, there are no gossipers, amen? 
right? But isn't it amazing how easy gossip is able to creep into the family, to the church? And we go around talking about everybody, about everything. So easy to waste time, isn't it? Wasting time, it's a sin. Maybe you aren't very teachable. You've been a Christian a long time. You've studied. You went to seminary, whatever. And, and you're not that teachable, maybe. Kelly and I have this, this, uh, this routine. About every six months, it used to be about every three months. Now it's about every six months. She calls me into the bedroom. And she sits me down. And she says, Steve, I love you so much. You're amazing. But... And then she starts to, to share with me the areas in my life. Nor, normally it's, you know, I get so involved in ministry, I descuidad, I, I don't take care of, you know, family time. And, uh, and so she'll sit me down and she'll start talking to me and pointing out sin in my life. Guess what happens when she starts doing that? Immediately my mind starts searching for sin in her life. Okay, what did you do yesterday? And she's talking to me, and I'm searching God. Help me to find something in her life. And I'm searching and searching, and I might start thinking, and I want to respond. And she's like, no, 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 just hear me out. And as she continues to talk about my life and areas in my life that I don't have a healthy balance in my life, that are sin in my life, all of a sudden, God, through my wife, starts convicting my heart. And every single, every single time, I haven't enjoyed it. I haven't liked it. It frustrated me. And I came away saying, thank you, God. I needed that. I really needed that. You know, how many of us struggle with pride? Is pride controlling our hearts and our lives? Are you fighting to be clean in your life? Or did you kind of forget about that or give up on that? Psalm 6, 6 is an incredible verse. It says, David is saying, I am weary with my mourning. Moaning, sorry, with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I'm like, wow. I don't know about you guys, but... I don't, when I confess my sin, I try to confess de corazón from my heart, but I'm not wet in my bed with my tears. And David is like, wow, I'm drenching my coat. I'm drenching my bed because I'm so arrepentido. I'm so repentant of the sin in my heart. I hate it. And that's the testimony of David. Repentance, looking for confession. To be clean is not, okay, 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 I'm sorry. Good grief, forgive me. That's not repentance. Being clean is saying, I am a terrible sinner. So next time your wife confronts you, say that to her. Okay, I am a terrible sinner. Are you happy now? No, but do it with a, a good heart, right? Not a, not, a, not a critical heart. But that's what repentance is, cleaning is. I am a terrible sinner, what I just, what I did offended my holy and righteous God. I hate the sin that I've committed. I wonder if in the church today, 
most Christians hate sin. We tend to hate, we, we tend to distinguish, right, the big sins. And I'm not even going to mention sins. But, you know, we all have the mentality of these big sins, right? And then, and then there's these small sins. These small, yeah, they're not good. But, you know, at least, at least uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, he's worse off than I am. No, God hates all sins. To God, there aren't big and small sins. And when David is seeing the sin in his life, he's saying, I hate it. I'm sorry. Cleanse me. David craves to be clean. Any germaphobes here? No one wants to raise their hands. Okay. I, 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 I confess. I, I am a germaphobe. When, when the whole COVID thing happened, you should have seen Kelly and I cleaning uh, the groceries in the kitchen. My mom, my mother-in-law, Jan, uh, she probably stood back in the chair and laughed at us. Like, what in the world are you guys doing? This is crazy. All the energy and time and work you guys are going through to clean, and it's probably not dirty. And you know, we went through a great effort to clean the COVID. And what God is saying to us this morning is, how are you cleaning your own heart? from the sin within you, the sins that you commit every day that I look at in your life, in your heart, towards your husband, towards your wife, towards your kids at work. Are, are, are you, are you uh, uh, disgusted by the sin in your heart, those sins that you think are little sins, but I think are huge sins? And David is made aware of this. In verse 7, it says, Purge me, purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me. This hyssop was a plant that had a, a, a hairy part to it. And the priest would take that, that foamy, hairy part and he would dip it in blood or in water. And for their religious ceremonies, they would, sprink, they would sprinkle it. And David is saying, oh God, I want you to be my priest. I want you to be my priest and to sprinkle uh, spiritually and make me clean. Just as the priest would do that. For the Jews in the temple, you, oh God, do that for me. I want to be clean. Please cleanse me. Do you desire to be cleansed before God? I guess not. You get, do you desire to be cleansed before God? Okay, four and a half people. All right, we're getting there. What, is, what does 1 John 1, 9 say? If you know 1 John 1, 9, say it with me. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, family, but I need to be cleansed every single day. And uh, in the next service, when, all, when my, all, my other kids are here, they'll probably say amen to that. Okay. God showed David his sin. David prays, oh God, cleanse me. And now we're going to see that David says, oh God, restore me. What is the difference between cleansing and restoring? The chocolate is still on the table. Any idea? What do you think the difference between cleansing and restoring is? Any takers? Relationship? Okay. You, you might find this interesting 
might want to write this down. Restore me, we're going to see in verses 8 to 12. And the idea is cleansing is what I ask God to forgive me. Cleansing is God forgive me for my sins. Restoring is I allow God to work in me. See the difference? Cleansing is I'm asking God for forgiveness. Restoring is I'm allowing God to work in me. And David realized that he had sinned. And in sinning, David realizes that he's taking control of his life. And by taking control from God to himself, he's made a mess out of his life. He's made bad decisions. He is miserable. He is empty. He is alone. He's thinking, oh God, why did I do what I do? Why did I say what I said? God, I don't want you to just forgive me. I want you to take control of my life. Do whatever you wish to do with me. It might hurt. The process might be very painful of you restoring my life. But it's okay with me, God. Do whatever you have to do. Verse 10 is a key verse here. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. He is saying, God, I cannot make myself a better person. I need you to intervene in my life. Restore me. Make me a better person. Not externally that everybody can see, but internally. My heart. My real me. Make me a better person. Renew a right spirit within me. He's saying, oh God, take the ugliness of my heart, my life, the ugliness of what I've done, the way I talk to people, the way I think of people, the way I treat people. Take all my ugliness and make it new. A right spirit, that word right spirit, the idea is a willing spirit. So he's saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, living the Christian life and I want to serve you. I want to follow you. And all of a sudden you ask me to do something that I don't like, I don't care for. And I really think that this is a better decision. God, give me the willingness to follow you, to obey you. Interesting, the Ethiopian uh, uh, Philip, when the, he leaves Jerusalem in the book of Acts, he goes to, where does Philip go? Anybody know? To what city? Starts with an S. A. M. Samaria. Very good. He goes to Samaria, right? He preaches, and it's like the whole city gets saved. The whole city is excited, and there is, there is an avivamiento. Uh, what is it, Joseph? A revival. Thank you. There's a revival going on. He is thrilled. He's excited. And God says, hey, Philip. Uh, I want you to go on this desert road to a place where I'm going to show you. I'd be like, hello, uh, God, don't you see what's going on? Why in the world would you want me to go here? And Philip has a willing heart to obey God. And that's what David says, renew a right, a willing spirit within me. Verse 12 restore to me the joy of my salvation. David is saying, you know what? I realize I am empty. I, I am disgusted. I am overwhelmed with grief because of the sin in my life. Put back in my life the joy that was in me before my sin. Restore to me. Put it back in. 
if we are walking in humble obedience with God, it doesn't matter how bad the circumstances of our life will be. The joy of the Lord will always be in our life. How many joyful Christians do you know? Or should I say, how many grouchy Christians do you know? Do you know any grouchy Christians? Don't, don't raise your hands. But they're out there. When was the last time you said, oh God, I am sorry. I just seem to always be grouchy. I, I want to be joyful. I, I miss that joy. God, do whatever you got to do in my life. Chip away the sin. Uh, prune me back. Uh, if, if it hurts, if you have to get to difficult areas in my life, God, I'm fine with that. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. When was the last time someone said to you, why are you always so joyful? What's different in you than, than in me? I, I want what you have. Have you ever been accused of always being joyful? That's what David is craving. Once we are clean, once we are obedient, then we can be useful. Verses, uh, verses 13 to 19, David is saying, use me. So remember, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a germ freak. And um, so when we are at a grill out, um, I like to have two, two uh, utensils, you know, one for the raw chicken and one for the cooked chicken. So uh, there have been a couple cases where someone gives me, gives me, you want five or, oh, five, okay, all right. And, uh, and um, they, they give me one utensil to use for both. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. Because if I'm using it with the raw, I don't want to use it with the cooked, you know, to take the cooked off and put it on your plate. So I'm like, what, what, you know, how can I just like bury this utensil? Because I, I need two. I need one for the clean and one for the dirty. And David is having a spiritual awakening in his life. And David is saying, oh God, I want to be clean before you because I want to be useful. I want you to look at my life as a tool, as an instrument and say, oh, I, I need this. I want to use this for my kingdom. How useful? Verse 13 says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. How does David want to be useful? He wants to be clean before God so that he can tell others about Jesus. He wants to be used clean in his life so that God will use him to be able to share the joy of having a relationship with God to those around him. God won't be using us if our hearts are dirty with sin. And in verse 15, he goes on, he says, I don't want to just be telling others about you, but verse 15, Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. He wants to be praising God. He wants his life to have meaning and purpose in praising God. Have you ever, have you ever um, been in a service and, and you're singing, um, you're singing, you know, there's joy in serving Jesus or something like that. And they're like, there is joy in serving Jesus. You know, and there's no joy. They're singing it, but there's no joy. And David is saying, I want my life to praise my Lord and Savior. We're all going to have those oh no moments in our lives. The question is, what will you do 
after that? Will you stay down? Will you hide your sin? Will you bury it? Will you try to ignore it? Or will you be like David? Confront it, deal with it. Three times in this chapter, there's the, there's the phrase, God takes delight. Delight, delight. I don't know what you delight in. God delights in, in his children that have clean lives. And as God looks down on our hearts, on your heart this morning, what does he see? Is he disgusted with the sin buried deep in your life? Or does he take great delight in your attempt to have a clean life before him? Disgust or delight? And if you're here this morning and you're not sure about your own life, if you were to die today, if you would go to heaven, the answer is Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And we pray that this morning would be the day that you put your faith and trust not in Jesus and something else, but only in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, as Joseph shared, Jesus Christ died to pay for the penalty of our sins. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you so much for this example of David. Lord, thank you for your word and for how good you have been to us. God, thank you that when we, do, when we mess up, you don't just discard us and throw us away, but you desire to use us. And you are so good, faithful, and kind that you are patient and you cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. God, I pray that we as a church here at Living Waters will be useful instruments in your hands. Father, if there is someone here this morning that is not sure of their salvation, if they were to die today, they don't know if they would go to heaven or not. God, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.